Hey, slop dog. The Brainiacs are ready. Welcome, welcome, welcome into Leather Brains. Your host here, Slap Dog. And it is Wednesday, and I am joined by my very good friend, Mr. Yeti. Yeti, how you doing, brother? Brainiacs, it's good to be back. You know, after a week in Vegas, I, uh, I'm finally back here in my home studio, ready to break down this uh, Monday night football and give you some uh, feedback for week four. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to ask before we get into all of this episode, Yeti, how'd you fare for fantasy football this week? Well, are are you asking me because we played each other in both leagues or We did. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's kind of why I'm asking. Yeah. So, uh for those that don't know, Slaps and I we have two leagues. We have one that's a dynasty format that we started up, up last year and then we have a redraft league um that's been going on for a while now. Um Slaps beat me in the redraft league. But I have to say, I whipped your ass in Dynasty. You did. Yeah, you so. did. It was, well, I, you, it was a 20 point swing. I won't say yeah. it wasn't like, it wasn't like a 60 point swing, which definitely could have been because my team's not great. Um, and I barely beat you in the redraft league. But I just, I had to, I had to ask, had to poke a little fun. We were 50 50. Yeah. Years I'll far, take it. So. Yeah. No, it wasn't bad. Uh, Yeti, today we got we got some things to talk about. Of course, we have Monday night cleanups, so that is gonna and kind of just our takeaways on on those two games. Um, some injuries to monitor as we get into the uh, this upcoming week. So some some players that are currently injured or questionable, talk about them because it's gonna impact their fantasy football teams. Then we're gonna play a little buy or sell today. So we're, we brought in some players to the table that we either think you should purchase now before their price goes higher or sell before their price declines, of course. Um, and then we're going to play some flex appeal. So we did it last week, but we have brought in some flex consideration players to the table and we're going to pit them against each other and see if uh, which one you should be starting in your flex. And then to wrap this thing up, we got a brain busters. So we have questions from the Brainiacs. If you have any questions, please go over to YouTube. Submit your comments in the uh, in the chat box, and we will answer those at the end of the episode. We already have some filtering in, Yeti, so it's going to be a great episode. Let's kick it off with the Monday night takeaways. What were what were some of your biggest takeaways in this Monday night game? Both these Monday night games. Um, so I, I think the biggest takeaway for me was DeAndre Swift's usage uh, in the Philly Tampa Bay game. Obviously, Philly won this game 25 to 11, and it was kind of, I don't even think the score was that close. You know, you look at, at that, it's a 14-point swing, but Philly was kicking their ass. Um, DeAndre Swift in this game, through the first three quarters, he had a uh, 69% snaps, nice. Hey, and he had 16 carries, 17 total touches. Um, I think a lot of people are kind of getting carried away or misled by the total touches because Kenneth Gainwell came in in the fourth quarter when the uh, Tampa Bay, or not Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, they were up 22 to three. And so Gainwell came in to kind of spell Swift in that role. But if you watch that game, Swift is hands down the more explosive back. Uh, he's a, he's explosive, he's shifty, and he, he got eight yards of carry. Gainwell, he came in, he was getting three to four yards of carry. So I, this is Swift's backfield, clearly, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think he is a must start going forward. It's it's not, we don't have to worry about um, the split anymore. I think Swift kind of took it and ran after uh, week two when he made his appearance and exploded versus Minnesota. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I think anybody that's holding shares of Kenny G, I think it's nothing more than a, a bench stash or if the Eagles are kind of up a little bit. Do you think it like and I, I've asked this before on this show, but do you think that Dan Campbell is just shooting himself in the foot for letting DeAndre Swift go without even really using him in the in the fashion that the Eagles are and they're finding a lot of success with him? I honestly don't know what Dan Campbell's problem is, because if you look at it this year, he's doing the same thing with Jameer Gibbs. You know, obviously, Jameer Gibbs exploded last week or he got the volume last week because Montgomery was out. But what happens when Montgomery's coming back? You know, he might come back this week. So uh, I don't know, man, that Lions organization is kind of weird. And I was actually talking to my brother-in-law and Alan uh, yesterday um, about this and the Lions front office, they gave away Swift to uh, for basically nothing. But then they also passed up on uh, a defensive player, Jalen Carter, who is destroying shit for Philadelphia right now. So I yeah, think Detroit just... has some uh, <laughs> some issues in the organization. Yeah, I, I their draft strategy and their player evaluating maybe is a little bit questionable. I'm going to tell you this, Yeti. There's a player out there that I am, I'm done evaluating and I'm all in on him, and it's Mr. Kyron Williams. This is one of my takeaways from the Monday night games. Uh, Bengals win this game 19 to 16, but really the the thing, there's a couple things, I guess, that I want to talk about, but I, I really want to talk about Kyron Williams. He's somebody that has looked absolutely incredible. He's been dominating the snap count the last two weeks. He's seen 95 and 100% of the snap counts, respectively. He also ranks second in targets for the running backs. So uh, with Miles Sanders being at 20, he has seen 19 targets out of the backfield in just a short amount of, of time for these three weeks. Matt Stafford is throwing the ball the second most out of any quarterback through the first three weeks. So that probably helps. But really what I want to say with all this is, he has such tremendous upside. The PPR value is there. If you watched that game, the Rams-Bengals game, and I that was the game I was more interested in because I wanted to, to see what was going to happen with these this Bengals offense. Um, he was targeting Kyron Williams a lot. Unfortunately, they were kind of errant throws. Um, I, I won't blame those on Williams as much, but the fact that he is getting targeted and he is getting looked at just tells me that his time is coming. He already looks fantastic, and I am all in on Kyron Williams. Yeah, and this is one of those situations where we have a true cowbell situation, and that's hard to find in the NFL nowadays. And I know we've kind of beaten this drum quite a bit, but Sean McVay, historically, he likes one back. Kyron Williams is the sole man in that backfield, and things may change, obviously, as the season goes on, because we know running backs, you know, they tend to slow down as the season where it goes on. That's normal. That is normal. But for now, Kyron Williams looks like a smash every week and he's not listed in our buyer sell segment for later. But I think if you are looking to buy him right now is probably a good time because he's coming off his worst performance with eight and a half points. And so maybe some of those guys that got him off of waivers are thinking, oh, you know, maybe I can cash out right now. I think he's a he's a great buy low candidate. Yeah, I just don't know what you're I mean, I, I was yeah. one of the lucky ones that got him you know, off mm-hmm. the waivers. And I'm, I, I know that I, I hit the lottery on it. So it's like, I don't want to sell them. I wouldn't want to sell them. And, and maybe you find that taco in your league who isn't really paying attention to what they have. And that's kind of where you might be able to strike while the iron's hot. Because like you said, he did have a poor week. Speaking of poor weeks, let's talk about, let's, I, I want to talk about both these quarterbacks, both Jalen Hurts and Joey B. They are two very elite high level quarterbacks, very sought after quarterbacks for fantasy football. And both got paid very, very handsomely because of their talents. Let's start with Jalen Hurts. 
you talked about DeAndre Swift and you talked about how much you should see usage he is getting with this Eagles offense and how he is looking so great. Is this offense, does it look different without Shane Steichen? And is that part of the problem that I, I don't want to say problem, but is that, is this offense just transitioning into a different style of offense? And that's why we're not seeing Jalen Hurts slinging the ball everywhere. Like what's your take on this? Because this last game, the Eagles ran the ball 30 times between Swift and Gainwell. So they're very obviously wanting to run the ball a lot more this year than they did last year. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's kind of a combination of things. I think there there is a new offensive coordinator in Philadelphia, so I do think it's natural to go through those learning curves and adjusting to your players and adjusting your playbook, right? Like, we know what Shane Sykin brought uh, to Philadelphia because he's doing it with Indianapolis, right? Um but I, I think so it's a combination of new play calling, but it's also and it shows you how effective their run game is. Um, they like you mentioned, they ran the ball 30 times against Tampa Bay um, and they're dominating. They don't have a reason for Jalen Hurts to come out and throw the ball 30 times a game. You know, if they can get five yards of pop on the ground, hell yeah, let's run the ball and let's save Jalen Hurts for the playoffs at this point. Um, Jalen Hurts right now, he only has 93 attempts on the season, which puts him outside of the top 20 for quarterbacks, which is a little like, whoa. But if you look at it, the Eagles are winning games. So for fantasy, yeah, we can be like, oh my God, you know, we expected more from Jalen Hurts. But from a real life perspective, it makes perfect sense. And it's not like he, he did throw two picks against Tampa Bay, but his overall completion rating, it's the highest it's been so far through three games. So you take that as a real life fan, as a fantasy fan, eh, you know, you just got to live with it. Unfortunately, you're still getting the tush pushes too. I mean, right. those are still helping with for his fantasy value. But I think if you weren't getting those, I think you'd probably be looking at benching Jalen Hurts and finding another quarterback off the waivers to kind of start until Jalen Hurts sees more production. So thankfully, you're, you're OK because of those tush pushes. But let's move over to Joey B because he he's not looking like himself yet. He is not mm-hmm. looking like a great quarterback that we have seen in previous years out of him. This Bengals this Bengals offense they still want to sling the ball just like they have in previous years, but they are they they're not getting it done. Joe is not getting it done. Is it the calf injury that's hindering his ability here? Do you think? I, I mean, what are what's going through your mind as far as why this Bengals offense has not looked nearly as high as it has in years past? I think between Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts, I am very concerned with Joe Burrow. I have zero concerns with Jalen Hurts at this point, but Joe Burrow is facing a slew of problems, in my opinion. And it starts with the offensive line. The offensive line, they added Orlando Brown, which Chiefs fans kind of laughed at because we know or they know Orlando Brown isn't good and run pro and whatnot. And it's showing Joe Burrow is under a lot of pressure. But then you combine pressure with a calf injury that he was dealing with in the preseason. He it's apparent that he is not 100 percent. He is not moving around the pocket. He's not as mobile as he was when he when he's fully healthy. And it's showing in a stat line, too. Um, On the season, he's averaging four point seven yards per pass attempt. His uh, career average is seven and a half. Do you, do you think it's it's perhaps because they're not establishing the run game and most teams are kind of very aware of the fact that they want to throw the ball early and often so they're, they're just disregarding Joe Mixon in that backfield? That could be. That very well could be. Um, I just think he's having an issue getting it down the field. And that showed with Jamar Chase. You know, thankfully, Chase got it going this week, but it was a lot of yak stuff. They were getting him the ball in space like they should be um, and letting him do the work. And 
they're not chucking it 20, 30 yards down the field anymore. And I think a lot of that has to do with Joe's health. I'm just curious how long he lasts with this calf injury, to be honest with you, because I know Aaron Rodgers is older, but Aaron Rodgers was kind of dealing with the same thing. He had a calf injury in the preseason, you know, four snaps in, he tears his Achilles. Obviously, I don't want that to happen with Joe Burrow. But if you're playing with an injury, there's a likelihood of something else popping up. So we're not I'm, doctors. Yeah, we're not doctors. But my question is, well, I, I, and I, I wear a lot that. of hats here. <laughs> <laughs> my question is, would the Bengals be smart just to bench him? Because if they and and I, I believe this, they would have been smart to bench him at the beginning of the year. Give him yeah. three or four weeks. But now we're in week four and you yep. won one game and it was a closed game. So now the conversation becomes, can we still have a playoff push if we bench Joe Burrow for three weeks? Man, um, if they were two and one or three and oh at this point, I would say, yeah, I think you could probably take Joe Burrow out for a couple of weeks because they have Tennessee, Arizona, the Seahawks, and then they have a bye week. So, you know, he would essentially get four weeks off at that point. But because the AFC North is going to be tightly contested, I think all season, they're kind of handcuffed at this point. Like, do they really think their backup is can get them there? Do they think they can establish the run with Joe, Bur- uh, Joe Mixon? Cause that's what they're going to have to do if they bench Burrow. So sure. I, I don't think they have the luxury to bench him at this point, which is unfortunate. And I mean, his backup is Jake Browning. So I, I know yeah. that a lot of people have heard that name before and know how great he is. Uh, that's satirical. No one knows who that is, and it's not a good look for the Bengals. So I, I was just curious. I mean, like I said, both these quarterbacks for fantasy football have not really hit their mark yet. And like I said, Hertz kind of has because of the tush pushes. But overall, we haven't seen the high level of production that we've come to expect over years past. So I just wanted to have a conversation with that. That that was probably my biggest Monday night takeaways um, is I still haven't seen it from either of these guys at the level that I was optimistic of when I drafted them. So. Injuries to monitor Yeti. If you had, sorry, I just want to go back to this quarterback conversation real quick. If you, let's say you had Joe Burrow, okay? He plays Tennessee this week, and we know Tennessee is kind of a a pass funnel defense because they're really good against the run. Mm -hmm. Are you looking to potentially move Joe Burrow after this week? Assuming he he has a good week throwing the ball? I think it depends on who it would be for, of course, but I don't hate the idea. Um, you just lost you Mike move- Williams. Would you trade Joe Burrow potentially for a wide receiver and go pick up CJ Stroud on the waiver wire? I would highly consider that at this point, because as we've talked about, I think that's the least riskiest. I mean, Joe Burrow, I, in, if memory serves in a 10 team league, he's a fifth round pick. So fourth, fifth round fringe pick. So you, you didn't spend high on him. Yeah, I, I would probably consider that. I think you know, especially with what you mentioned with them playing the Titans, that's a decent matchup for him to hopefully get right statistically. Fingers crossed, especially for all those people that own Jamar Chase. So, yeah, I, I would probably look at potentially selling him because this calf injury is not going to go away. If you watch that this Rams Bengals game, Joe Burrow would run over to the sideline after every single drive. He would wrap his calf up. There'd be an electrical little device on this wrap, and he would essentially supercharge his calf to try and get it back to usage. <laughs> so, it's not going anywhere. And in, in, I think it's going to be a season-long issue. And unfortunately, the Bengals blundered and started him week one when they, they should have let him rest and, and get him healthy and get him right. Because as you mentioned, his old line's not good either. So yeah, I would be looking to trade him. There are other quarterbacks that are still sitting on that waiver wire that are 
like CJ Stroud, he's doing pretty damn good right now. He's throwing the ball a lot. He's accurate. He's doing it well. And the Texans are not afraid to do it. Also, by the way, the Texans are going to be down a lot. So I don't hate that idea whatsoever. If you can sell him based on his name, I would do it now while you still have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Injuries to monitor. Derek Henry's toe. I, I just listened that on there because he's Derek Henry. He's getting out touched, Yeti. It's kind of a problem. It's becoming a problem. And I, I don't know what you do, where you go from here for Derrick Henry owners. I think you try and trade him now um, is kind of where my mentality is at. Tajay Spears is really starting to get involved in this offense. And Derrick Henry is starting to slow down. So this this could be the year that Derrick Henry, the king, falls off his throne. Um, he just hasn't looked great the last couple of weeks. So I just put that on there and he's starting to get out snaps. So injuries to monitor. I, he'll still play this week, I'm sure. But um, maybe he's not a consideration as a starter, potentially. So other things to note, Jalen Waddle and Anthony Richardson, they're still both in concussion protocol. However, it looks like they both practice today. So good things, good signs of, of that. They will be playing this upcoming week. Uh, Brandon, Ayuk did not play on last Thursday night's game due to a shoulder injury, but he did practice today, which is a good sign for this week's usage for him. Zay Jones knee is a long shot to play versus the Falcons. Saquon Barkley is still currently day to day with his ankle injury with a 50, 50, percent chance to play on monday and then austin eckler he's back at practice he's warming up there piece appears to be no hesitation on his ankle from report so if i listed any of those names and you own any of them on your rosters most of that is looking up for you so congratulations aside from zay jones who will probably not play so just wanted to, to get that out there and get that that information all the brainiacs eardrums because it is important so let's go over to buy or sell Buy or sell. The first person we have on this list, Yeti, who is spelled incorrectly because I was typing oh so fast, is Austin Eckler. So if you own Austin Eckler on your team right now, do you have him listed as a buy or a sell, Yeti? I have him as a buy at this point, man. Um, I think I think it, it's worth sending an offer to whoever owns Austin Eckler at this point because you know, maybe they're struggling with running backs at this point. Maybe they're struggling with wide receivers and they're just looking for immediate help. If you can go and get Austin Eckler right now, I think you try to because Mike Williams is gone. And I know a lot of fingers are getting pointed towards Quentin Johnson or Joshua Palmer at this point. But it's important to remember Austin Eckler is one of the best receiving backs in in the league. He might be the best behind Christian McCaffrey. You know, you can make the argument, whatever. Um, I think Austin Eckler, uh, he holds tremendous upside in PPR leagues, obviously. And we see Joshua Kelly. He is struggling out there, man. The Chargers clearly need Austin Eckler back on the field. And so there's a good chance that he plays this week. But not only is there a good chance that he plays this week, but his playoff schedule, man, is juicy. Uh, week 14, they get Denver. Week 15, they get the Raiders. And then week 16, they get Buffalo. Those are all matchups that Austin Eckler could smash. He could smash. So if you can get him while he's quote-unquote hurt and he's going to be healthy for the later season, go buy him. I'd also buy him. I mean, obviously, I think most people want a piece of Austin Eckler. It would just be dependent upon is the owner willing to sell him at a discount because they're struggling. So... Um, yeah, go buy him, go make some offers, go see if you can get it done because he hasn't been playing the last couple of weeks and he might be at a discount for that reason. You mentioned him. Let's talk about him. Are you buying or selling Quentin Johnson? I think he's kind of the talk of the town this upcoming week. He is, he is somebody that is, is 
definitely piqued a lot of people's interest and wet a lot of people's whistles because, as you mentioned, Mike Williams is uh, unfortunately done for the season. Um, I don't want to say we called it, but we we knew someone was going to go down at some point. So Quentin Johnston, the rookie wide receiver for the Chargers, he really hasn't seen the field much this year, Yeti. I think he's seen maybe three targets each game at maximum. Um, and he was probably one of the top waiver wire ads this week. My question to you is Quentin Johnston, is he a buy or a sell? Uh, can I cheat and say <laughs> hold at this point? Um, you can't. Fuck. Okay. Um, I'm going to sell him honestly at this point. And I, I say that just be, well, mm, fuck, uh, man, it, it is really tough. I know you have a big old boner for him. So it, I know what you're don't, doing. Don't let my, so, do not let my bias um, play so into this. I'm going to go on the other side and I, I'll say sell. I'll, I'll okay. sell him just because I think there's a lot of hype surrounding him. People are overreacting to Mike Williams being out and saying, oh, He's going to be immediate replacement for Mike Williams. I get it. I get it. But we have to remember that he's a rookie and that he was drafted as a project. He's a, he's a true project wide receiver that is a vertical threat. That's great and all, but can he create separation at the line? Because we know rookie wide receivers traditionally struggle. And if he is a project, you know, what's he going to do against actual DBs? So I get the hype around him. I do. And if I can sell him based off the hype for, you know, a, a RB2 or a solid flex play, then I'll do it. Because I asked the question, I'm going to say he's a hold. Um, no, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I, you write the rules, I guess. I did, Yeah, in this, in this instance, I do. I don't know what his value is. And I think everybody, the, the, the hardest part when you're saying buy or sell Quentin Johnson is what is his value? And everybody has a different definition of his value of what it could be. I own Quentin Johnston in a lot of leagues. And I'm not saying this to try and hype anybody up, but I drafted him with the intentions of knowing that he wasn't going to do anything to start the year. Why? Because Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are on that field. There's also another gentleman who was very usable last year, and his name is Joshua Palmer which is the other wide receiver for the Chargers, who really has seen a lot more usage than Quentin Johnson this season. I expect Quentin Johnson to be involved as because Mike Williams is gone, but I don't expect it to be right away either. I really don't. And so if you can sell him and you think that you can leverage a trade that is going to benefit you for the rest of the season, I think you do it. I think towards the end of the year, Quentin Johnson might start to see some more of his volume. And who knows? I mean, we could be completely wrong on this, but this is just my opinion because he hasn't been on the field a lot. He hasn't gotten a lot of usage thus far. And I think Joshua Palmer is the much safer option, at least to start this next saga of the season without Mike Williams. So, And we've seen the Chargers, obviously, without Mike Williams, too. And they tend to go towards their tight ends and Austin Eckler when this happens. So mm -hmm. I, I think Gerald Everett, you know, if he's on your waiver wire, I think he's worth adding at this point. And uh, um, Donald, Donald Parham, uh, he vultured some TDs away from Everett last week. So I think both of those guys are worth uh, waiver claims at this point. Yeah, if they're sitting there, I would definitely go grab my doubt Palmer is, but there's a very good possibility that Donald Barham is, which is not a great name. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Uh, T. Higgins, Yeti, is he a buy or a sell for you? He's a buy for me. Um, and I'm, I'm buying him at this point because he is coming off a pretty bad game. I think he's up to a, a pretty rocky start so far. You know, week one, he went off. Week two, kind of eh. week three, eh. he struggled with the drops. I get it. But if Joe Burrow is hurt 
uh, and he clearly is with this calf injury. I think T. Higgins is the preferred target for Joey B because T. Higgins has traditionally been the low a, lower A dot bit target between him and Chase. He's a safer guy underneath Chase. And I, I think T. Higgins' value is kind of low just based off of his rocky start. Um, so I'd be trying to buy him and there, I know I brought up the playoff schedule for Eckler and I'm going to do the same here for, for Higgins, just to strengthen my case here. Um, in week 14, they get the Colts week 15, they get the Vikings and week 16, they are at Pittsburgh. So another pretty friendly playoff schedule. I know that seems like it's so far away, but it's important when you're trying to decide on trades at this point. So let's let's play a game here. If no, you didn't own T. Higgins, to. we're playing games, baby. If you didn't own T. Higgins and you were looking to purchase him, would you trade Amari Cooper for T. Higgins straight up? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start rattling a couple people. So don't give your don't give a super in depth analysis, but okay. let's just okay. let's say yes or no. Mm, yes. Okay. Would you trade C. D. Lamb straight up for T. Higgins? No. Okay. Um, would you trade DK Metcalf straight up for T. Higgins? Yes. Okay. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. No. No. Um, Puka Nuka. Yes, I would. Okay. Okay. I was just curious. I To me, T. Higgins is... <sighs> Shit, I want to say sell. I, I mean, he's a sell for me. And... I, I am afraid I own Jamar Chase in probably too many leagues because I was super excited for what he represented. I just haven't seen it from Joey B. I think they're going to figure it out. And I and that's probably a little bit of optimism in me uh, because I do own some shares of Jamar Chase and I need him to figure it out. But um, <laughs> I just haven't seen it. And so like to, to throw away current production for a, a, I mean, that's that's the game that is fantasy football. So I understand that. But to throw away current production for a somebody who you think is going to hit T Higgins, obviously has wonderful value because he is a great wide receiver, but this offense just looks terrible. So it's really hard for me. I think you could sell him and potentially get some other value that based on his name alone. Um, and you're probably struggling right now because you are starting T Higgins as either your wide receiver one or wide receiver two, or sometimes wide receiver one for some people. So that, that makes it really, really hard. And, I would probably be comfortable selling him if you if you could get good value. Out With of you selling him, would you wait until after this week, or do you think his value is as high as it gets right now? I think I would probably wait until after this week. I, it, unless you think you can get a good deal for him right now, um, then do it. But I, I would probably wait one more week because he does have a matchup that could be favorable in which his value could increase. So, Jacoby Meyer, Yeti, see you by yourself. Oh, I put this one in and there's zero bias when I say this, but I am buying Jacoby Meyer and total bias. Eh, no bias whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, I don't wear a Raiders shirt or anything today. Um, <laughs> you know, I probably shouldn't be wearing this after uh, Sunday night, but whatever. Here I am. I'm loyal, baby. Um, Jacoby Meyer is a buy at this point. Um, we we've seen Jimmy. I'm going to call him Jim. Too. Yeah, so, no, that, Jim, 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 Jim Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Yeah, he's been demoted to Jim um, yeah. until they win on Sunday. Then I'll call him Jimmy G spot again. Anywho, uh, Jim clearly is is uh, targeting uh, Jacoby Meyer quite a bit. I, I said this and I put this in the notes on Monday. I can't remember if you said this or not, but Jacoby Meyer is kind of being utilized as Brandon Ayuk and Kyle Shanahan's offense, which uh, Garoppolo played in. They're looking at Meyer and the slants. 
those quick routes and they're asking Meyer to be the yak guy at this point. And he's doing that. He's doing great in that role. Um, he's a weekly flex option for me at this point. And I think, I think Devonte Adams is going to get traded at some point this season that hurts to say, but I do think he is going to get moved. And I, I say that with the comments that came out after Sunday night, I know there was some frustration and he thinks that the team is rebuilding and he doesn't want to be around for a rebuild, which totally understandable. Yeah. I, I don't blame him for that at all. So if that happens, that's going to open up quite a bit of targets. And, uh, you know, obviously we don't know when that is and I'm just speculating at this point, but Jacoby Meyer at this point has shown pretty good production for a guy that you probably didn't draft and you got off the waiver wire. So um, I would buy him and their playoff no, schedule is pretty favorable as well. Yeah, no, I, I would buy Jacoby Meyer. He's, he's doing wonderful. He's had quite himself or had himself quite a fantasy football usage recently. Uh, and I tend to agree with you. I think, I think Adams is gone. My question to you, Yeti is a resident Raiders fan. Where in the hell did Hunter Renfro go? What happened? Hunter Renfro. Man, Jacoby Meyer replaces role. Honestly, if you look at it, uh, Jacoby Meyer is getting all the snaps over Hunter Renfro, and Hunter Ref- Renfro was he was a slot guy. He was the only slot option for Derek Carr when he was here. Um, but then they added Jacoby Meyer this season, and he's Renfro's kind of the odd man out, which. That could change when Devontae Adams gets traded. Um, you know, maybe they do more, you know, more two slot looks or two inside. I don't I don't fucking know. I, I don't know what this coaching staff is going to do, but he's an odd man now at this point. Unfortunate for him. Uh, James Cook, Yeti, is he a buy or a sell? My friend. Why, don't, why don't you go first on this one? I, yeah, I would love to go first. Uh, James Cook's a buy for me. Uh, James Cook, the usage that James Cook is getting is good enough for me to want to buy him. And he's one of those, in my opinion, he's one of those sneaky buys, Yeti, because he's not super flashy. He hasn't really had a spike for fantasy football yet, but he's quietly finding himself a lot of production. He's currently RB9 on the year, uh, and I don't think he's had a touchdown yet. No. So when when a player hasn't had a touchdown yet as the running back and they're still running back nine, that tells me a couple things. First and foremost, well, you have Devin A. Chain, who has played one singular game and is now running back six on the season. So that's the running back market that is right now. But uh, realistically, James Cook is getting a lot of usage. He has evolved into that three down back that the, the Bills really are looking for. He's got PPR upside because Josh Allen although doesn't check down the ball too, too often, he's still willing to throw the ball to James Cook, which is a great thing to see. And James Cook's actually looking really good on the field. So he's one of those guys that I think is is very quiet. He's not really, um, I don't think his value is going to be nearly as crazy as someone, like if you look at it side by side, I think Kyron Williams is probably more expensive right now than James Cook. I think that's probably a, a real thing that is happening in a lot of fantasy football leagues. But James Cook is is somebody I would definitely be looking to to try and target as a buy low right now because I think if he, I mean he finished last week with 19 points. If he gets a touchdown, that's completely different. That's completely different. In week one, he had 12 points. In week two, he had 16 points, and he's doing all this without getting a touchdown. So uh, he's one touchdown away from from catapulting himself into top five category. And for that reason, I think he's certainly a buy low for me at this moment. Does Latavius Murray and uh, Damian Harris getting red zone work concern you at all with James Cook? I'm going to say not at this point, no. 
because while it's it's not great, it, obviously you want that running back that's going to also see the red zone. Um, he's still seeing the usage all the other times, right? And so he's kind of like Gibbs a little bit, or it has been as far as yep. you know. You expect him if he's going to get his touchdown, it's going to be outside the twenty. I think that's probably a similar thing that you're going to see with James Cook because they don't want to throw him in in goal line situations and potentially get hurt in the mosh pit that is a goal line situation. Um, so that's kind of where I see it, but I, the PPR upside to me is just too juicy. So if you're playing in a standard league, maybe this isn't the right conversation for you, but if you're playing in a PPR league or even a half PPR league, James Cook's definitely a buy for me here at this point. Yep. I, I tend to agree with you here. I mean, it's hard to argue with volume, especially when you got a guy in, you know, what the seventh or eighth round. Um, but with that being said, since people did draft him late, do you think this would be a good opportunity to maybe sell high or do you think his value just going to keep on going up? I don't know, because the, the issue that I have is. The running backs, right? I mean, as I just said, Devin A Chain or Devon A Chain. I know it's it's a chain, but A Chain <laughs> is way cooler sounding. So that's what we're going with here on the show. We control um, the narrative. That's we right. do absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he's got fifty-one points last week, and he's currently sitting at running back six. So that tells you the running back market right now in the fantasy football output of running backs is a total shit show. It's very frustrating, and you don't know on a week-to-week basis if you can trust most of your running backs in a starting <laughs> lineup. So. That is a luxury that not a lot of people have right now, myself included. I, I mean, I don't have a lot of running backs that I can count on on a weekly basis. And James Cook is one of those guys that you you can count on on a weekly basis. I'm sorry. He's running back 12, not running back nine. I was looking at James Conner, but he's mm-hmm. still within within the everything I said still stands. So um, the value is still there for him to be able to plug and play. And maybe if you missed on one of those other running backs like a Derrick Henry and you took James Cook late you can replace him right there in your lineup and be able to use it. Now, if you have good running backs and you're comfortable and you hit on Kyron Williams is just a waiver wire ad, I think James Cook's certainly a sell for you. And I think you could probably, if I was a James Cook owner, I would want quite a bit of value for him at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you lost a wide receiver, you're struggling with the tight end or something like that, and you get a solid offer, you know, so let's say Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, I don't, I don't know if that's likely, but if that were to come your way, I think you, you'd probably smash that if you have the running back depth yeah. to do so. And I just I just don't think a lot of people have that running back yeah. depth. Yeah. So, good point. All right, that's it. That's all we got for our buys and sells. Let's get over to the fun part, baby, and that flex appeal. So... Like I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, and for those of you who are watching us, greatly appreciate it. If you have any questions, we will answer them at the end of the show. I know that they're starting to flood in, so I just wanted to uh, to let everybody know that. And if you're watching us over on Twitter or wherever you're watching us, go over to YouTube, hit the subscribe button, and then put your question in there, and we will have it featured at the end of the show if you have any. So greatly appreciate it. We'll get those here uh, in just a little bit. So Yeti, we're going to do Flex Appeal. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show... We are pitting two players against each other that are kind of in that flex consideration and or should I start this guy over this guy? That's kind of the name of the game here that we're going with. So first one on the board, Jacoby Myers versus Kyron Williams. Jacoby Meyer, you you just said a little bit earlier, is a certain certainly a flex guy for you on a week to week basis. And Kyron Williams is my guy. He's been the guy that I've been very, very excited about. So Jacoby Myers plays the Chargers. Kyron Williams plays the Colts. Which one are you flexing this upcoming week? Oh, I thought you were taking this one. You, I can take it if you like. Yes, yes. Okay. Because the okay. So sorry. The way that I read it was I was reading yours and you were reading mine. Okay, that's fine. I'll read. Around. 
Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams is my start this week. I like Jacoby Myers. I really do. I think I think Jacoby Myers has great weekly flex upside, as we've talked about before. But Kyron Williams is a dog. He's the guy. He is somebody that is on the last week. He was on the field for a hundred percent of the snaps. You don't get that out of a lot of running backs. And he's also has that PPR upside. I've kind of mentioned everything at the beginning of the episode. So go rewind and listen to it. Matt Stafford's throwing the ball shit ton, and they're playing Indianapolis. Who's kind of middle in the pack as far as rushing is concerned. They're allowing 114 yards per game rushing right now. The matchup is there. I think Kyron Williams is going to feast. And if I had him, I would definitely be looking to flex him easily. Or start him in the running back role. Yeah. You agree with I, that? Yep, I agree because he can get it done not only with the rushing upside, but he has that target upside, like you had mentioned. And that's hard to beat. You know, if he's going to get 20 touches a game versus Jacoby Myers, who might get eight targets or, you know, eight to nine targets, and who knows if he gets a touchdown, I think Kyron Williams is the safe play here. Okay. Uh, next up on that flex appeal, Yeti. This one goes to you. My friend. Yes, sir. Are you starting Alexander Madison this week in the flex or Quinton Johnston in the flex? I picked um, these two guys for a reason, by the way. Oh, I'm kind so, of curious. Yeah. Well, Later you think on. about it. So Alexander Madison, obviously Cam Akers is now with the Vikings. or uh, Yeah, with the Vikings, excuse me. And they're going to, is he going to be more involved? So that's a question that a lot of Madison people are, or Madison owners are going to be asking themselves is, can I trust Alexander Madison? Because he finally had a half decent week this last week. KM Akers obviously was not really involved because he just got traded. So can you trust playing Alexander Madison? And then on the flip side of that, you have Quentin Johnston, who Mike Williams is out. Quentin Johnston was a hot waiver wire at this week. I'm not saying it's a beautiful flex options, but which one are you choosing based on all that information? Uh, yeah, you're trying to fuck me here. I see what's going on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I do get the concerns with Cam Akers uh, for Alexander Madison. And that is, that is a, I will, um, I'll, uh, I'll allow that. But I think Madison has kind of earned the starting role at this point. So I don't really have any concerns with Akers there. Um, Akers doesn't really... I feel like they're equal in a sense, but Madison might be a little bit better. Um, so for the sake of this flex appeal question, I'm going with Alexander Madison. And here is primarily why. Uh, Carolina, through the first three games, they have allowed 33 and a half fantasy points to running backs. Um, and that is the third most points to running backs on the season. Um, week two or week one, sorry, Tyler, Aljair and Bajan, they combined for 131 rushing yards, 25 carries and two TDs. And then week two, Taysom Hill and Tony Jones, pretty much the same stat line, had two touchdowns. And then last week, Kenneth Walker, two touchdowns on them. And to, again, you're kind of seeing a trend here, right? I think that kind of continues with Alexander Madison this week, especially with the volume that he saw last week. So give me Madison. I agree. I agree completely. Quentin Johnson, while I do like him as a speculative own, I am not putting in starting lineups until I start to see some more production. So if that means I sit him on my bench this week and he gets me 20 points, that's a pill I'm willing to swallow because I don't know if I'm going to get that out of him. And I highly doubt that I will. So so is uh, let me ask you this. Is Quentin Johnson, do, do we think he's going to be like a Gabe Davis-esque? God, I hope not, because I hope he catches the balls. <laughs> well, yeah, right, right. But like Gabe Davis, you know, he he has those spike weeks, right? Yeah. I'm kind of curious if Quentin Johnson's going to be in that role as the season progresses. That I, I, 
I definitely I like that comparison, and I think that that's a fair comparison to have. I think it's much bigger. It is because typically Gabe Davis, I want to say he works more out of the slot, but I don't even know if that's the case. He he kind of is that he stretches the field, but so does Stefan Diggs. So Quentin Johnson is a big stretch the field kind of guy. So I I think really in some of the concerns that were that were with Quentin Johnson were can he catch the ball with his hands because he was catching the ball with his body a lot in college. We really haven't gotten to see a lot of that happen yet. So I do have concerns. I have some Gabe Davis as concerns with, can he catch the dang ball? Because we haven't really seen it. I think that's a fair comparison to have. And I think that's one that the only difference that I see in is I think Justin Herbert is a better thrower than Josh right. Allen. I think he can throw the ball more accurately. I think he can, I don't want to say farther, but just as far, if not farther. And he's much more accurate and precise with his throws. So I think that helps Quentin Johnson versus Gabe Davis. It's just a matter of, can he catch it? So I think as the weeks progress, he becomes more of a Gabe Davis esque player, but right now I'm still sitting him on the bench. And I like the Alexander Madison over him. Take speaking of slotty receivers. I have mm. two slots here for the flex appeal. Okay. Are you taking Christian Kirk or Adam Thielen this week? This one's actually pretty easy for me, I think. And it's, it's, it's Adam Thielen, ironically enough. Let's um, say Bryce Young is starting. Does that change? See, okay. You know that that does because <laughs> Andy Dalton, while the fire crotch is not the best quarterback, he still knows how to play quarterback better than Bryce Young does at this point. And it showed, I mean, Adam Thielen has definitely ate while Andy Dalton is there. If Andy Dalton is playing quarterback this week and Bryce Young is not, I'm choosing Adam Thielen. If Bryce Young is playing, I start to lead more towards Christian Kirk. The thing for me is, is Atlanta is not allowing a, a, a lot of passing yards per game, but I think part of that is just because they're not really they haven't played a lot of passing teams yet so that have had to pass on them really um, or passed very effectively. So Christian Kirk is an interesting one for me, and I would probably take Christian Kirk over Adam Thielen if Bryce Young is the quarterback. But if if Andy Dalton is the quarterback, I'm taking Adam Thielen on this. Yeah, and I, I only bring that up because Bryce Young was reportedly practicing today after suffering that ankle injury that kept him out last week. Um, mm-hmm. But like you had mentioned, if Andy Dalton is starting, this passing offense, it exploded last week versus Seattle. And Seattle, they don't have the best secondary. I understand that. But Andy Dalton, when you compare him to Bryce Young at this point, I know Bryce Young is a rookie, and it shows when you compare them. Andy Dalton was much more composed back there. And Adam Thielen feasted, man. I mean, 31 points out of a a 33-year-old wide receiver? (laughs) Jesus. I feel like me or you could go out there and play wide receiver with Andy Dalton. I see here's the I don't think he's good enough, and I'm way too slow, and I'd get my ass kicked. (laughs) But I'd love it anyway. Why not? Um, okay, so you're are you taking Christian Kirk unless Andy Dalton is starting? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so we're in agreement there. Um, all right, next one. This one's pretty fun. Are you taking Oh Hollywood Brown, the Cardinals hometown hero versus the 49ers, or Elijah Moore versus the Ravens? These Man. are two guys that a lot of people probably own shares of these guys. They're, they were kind of late round flyers. So which one are you starting? Man, Joshua Dobbs, he might be better than Kyler Murray, man. I don't know. Don't stop. Do don't. Don't. <laughs> don't. You're going to. Sorry. I just, I just had to, you know, poke a little fun. You know, you got just, the, you won your Super Bowl last week, and I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm not happy about it. I'm not <laughs> happy. I'm actually pissed off that we won that game. 
I'm pissed being, off that we won that Caleb. game. Yeah, what happened? That's what I, I even if it's not Caleb Williams, I just don't want to win. I don't because I'd rather I know this season is a fluke. It's not going to mean anything. Let's just give up and go get a really nice, juicy draft <laughs> capital and us beating the Cowboys. It felt good, though, and it felt good solely because I hate the Cowboys so much that it was the one small victory I felt right. and the hatred that I have for this entire organization. It's like I if you if somebody told you you guys were going to win one game all season, you'd probably said, yeah, I would like them to beat the Cowboys. Right. So, yeah, no, 100 percent. And like I was you, so happy. Yeah. Because I hate Cowboys fans, and I hate cow. I hate the Cowboys, and so I was happy with that. But um, I also was podcast sad. now. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I always have been, and I think I always will be. But <laughs> who are you starting this week between <laughs> Moore or Brown? Uh, so this one really just comes down on the matchup for me. I'm I'm gonna be honest with it with you guys here. So I'm going with Elijah Moore. Um, Elijah Moore, he has a higher target share than Amari Cooper at this point, which is pretty shocking because Amari Cooper is clearly the wide receiver one in this offense. Um, but Elijah Moore, he's he's uh, one he's of Watson's it. favorites. The only really concern I have is he's not very efficient with his touches, man. I mean, last yeah. week, um, what he he averaged one point two yards per target, basically. And it Sick. showed with his set line, you know, <laughs> he had nine catches, 40 yards. Like, what the fuck? But I think that volume is juicy against the uh, Baltimore Ravens, who are giving up uh, quite a bit of yards to wide receivers at this point. At this point. And they are a true pass funnel defense. Historically, they have been at least, and they that's holding up so far this year. Um, and I tend to think that this Cleveland offense, you know, we kind of saw what they were going to do without Chubb last week. And I think we're going to see Watson have to throw the ball a little more, which is going to favor Elijah Moore. So, boom. Give me more, uh, baby. I agree. I, I would also be starting Elijah Moore. Hollywood Brown, I love as an own, not against the 49ers this week. I know that they beat the Cowboys last week, but I think if, if I'm being completely honest, as a Cardinals fan, I think the Cowboys just, um, they skipped practice this last week. I think they ate a lot of Chipotle. Um, they kind of took the Ezekiel Elliott approach where they were just going to hang out and maybe eat and get a little chubby because they knew they were playing the Cardinals and the Cardinals came to play. So I don't expect that to be the case with the 49ers this week. The 49ers defense is probably better than the Cowboys is without Trayvon Diggs. So I am I would not be starting Hollywood. So what what are you going to say when the Cardinals beat the 49ers this weekend? That's not going to happen. We're not going to think about it. We're not going to talk about it because we don't want it to happen. Let's let's do a little friendly wager here. You really think there's a chance. No, I don't. I just want to, you know, I want to rally you up here a little bit. So the the Cardinals are fourteen point underdogs against the Cowboys. Yeah, Do you they, think they uh, can yeah. cover fourteen points against the Forty ers Yeah. No way in hell. No way in hell. Do you want to, you know, you want to put a little friendly wager? Yeah, we'll do the compliment thing that, that Scotty and I did. I lost this okay. last week. I had to give Scotty a, a compliment and how nice his mustache was, and it is nice. So I will, I will, we'll do the compliment. All right. If the so, if the Cardinals cover, then I have to pay you a compliment. And if they do not cover the fourteen point spread, uh, then you have to compliment me. You a heard it here first, folks. Okay. I'm gonna win this bet. I I hope you're wrong. I don't want us to win, and I would love a compliment because my self-esteem is at an all-time low. Uh, okay, so we're both taking more on this one, uh, and you have your last one here for me. Yeah, I'm going to hit you with a hard-hitting one here for my final flex appeal mm. question. We have a guy mm. who's coming off a meaty week three performance. Raheem Mostert versus Buffalo or Tank 
Dell versus Pittsburgh. Buffalo. Damn, man. That's actually really tough. I don't like that you did this to me because yeah, man. Pittsburgh's so the, deep. The Pittsburgh's the reason why I wanted good. to do this is Tank Dell. You know he's highly sought after in the waiver wire this week, as he should be. Then we have Raheem yeah. Moser. He was he was probably on people's benches last week, and now they're like, oh fuck, I'm gonna start him after last week. So I I am sure some people are like, what the fuck do I do with this? So you take us away, slaps. I just don't Good love luck. this because I I think for me, it's going to have to be Raheem Mostert. Um, yeah, it's going to have to be Raheem Mostert. Here's here's my thoughts with, with really all the Dolphins players. You play the Dolphins players because the Dolphins are insane. Now, I don't think they're going to win by 70 points every week, so you I guess you're probably limiting your fantasy football output from them, but... Raheem Mostert, while being a 31-year-old man who is still somehow finding a lot of production for fantasy football, as well as the the Dolphins organization, I think you play him this week. I really think you have to. Um, my issue with Tank Dell is this. I don't know who the true wide receiver one is for the Texans. I love owning a piece of them. Nico Collins is a great own. Tank Dell is a great own. But I don't know which one is going to end up being the wide receiver one. I think it's probably Tank Dell. But... It could be Nico Collins this week. It really could. Now, I'm excited for CJ Stroud. He's throwing the ball a lot, as I mentioned earlier in the show. The Texans are throwing the ball a lot, and they're finding a lot of production in the passing game, which is actually really, really impressive for a rookie quarterback, and I love that. So give me those wide receivers, but if I own a piece of the Dolphins' offense, I, I you got to play them. And Raheem Oster is the starting running back for the Dolphins. Granted, he is 31 years old. He's the RB1 on the season after putting up 41 points last week. But he's he's still found double-digit points every single week thus far. Buffalo is about middle of the pack as far as rush defense is concerned. Um, and he also has PPR upside. I mean, he, not tremendous amount, but he did see seven targets last week and caught all seven of them for 60 yards and a touchdown. Granted, it was the Broncos, so take that with a grain of salt. But I still expect him to, to be used. He looks great when he's on the field, and, and I... I I got to start Raheem Mostert if I got him. Yeah, this I hate that I did this to myself too because it, it was a very hard one to decide on here. Um, and I, I'm trying to think about like game scripts here, right? Like if you're Buffalo, what the fuck are you doing to slow down this this offense? And I, I think I think the right answer is to force Tua to beat you underneath and try to take away you know the uh, rushing lanes as well. So I'm not saying they're going to completely shut down, you know, Miami's run attack, but I, I feel like the game script. You do is that, gonna... though. And if Jalen Waddles on the field, like they can stretch you either way. That's the difficult part yeah. with this offense is there's it's speed kills. And I saw I saw a statistic. The five fastest clocked speeds out of players in, in the NFL this season have all been Dolphins players. <laughs> So like it's speed like, truly kills. If you do, damned if you don't type of yeah, thing. Yeah. So it, you want to you want to take away the underneath? That's fine. We have Tyreek Hill who will just beat you deep and and yeah. will throw the ball. So I I I understand where you're coming from. I just don't know if I'm a defensive coordinator and I'm playing the Dolphins this week. I have no fucking clue what I'm going to do to try and stop. You better hope to God your pass rush can get to two a quick. I mean that's really where you're at. I think. 
Yeah, you have to disrupt Tua's uh, rhythm, man. Because that's he's in a he's like in a flow state at this point of the season. You know, I'm just gonna fucking chuck it to Tyreek or hand the ball off, and they're gonna go get 40 yards for me. Um, it, this one is really tough, but I think I'm gonna have to ride with the rookie on this one because the game script oh, is gonna no. be in his favor here, and I, I love the target share that he is getting in this offense. I, I do think he truly has a an electric connection with CJ Shroud. And I don't say electric a lot on this podcast. If you no. go back, like, I don't think I've ever said, that. I don't think you've ever so, said that before. I mean, that I, I don't know. Like you just you paid a, the Texans a compliment, which yeah, is man. insane. Of itself. Um, you know, you have a boner for Quinn Johnson. I think take tank Dell is giving me, you know, a hard one here. So giving you I'm going to go uh, tank Dell Dell here. <laughs> okay. I load up those computers and get those Dells going. I, I'm going to take Moster, And I honestly, I, I think most people probably are going to take Mostert because it's what have you done for me recently. And when you have the RB1 on the season just sitting on your bench, that's not something that bodes well with me. And I would I feel like I'd have to start him. But um, I think Dell's a great play, too. I think they're both great. And I don't like that you did that to me. So thank you. Uh, Last one that I brought to the table today for this flex appeal is Zay Flowers, who is playing the Browns or Christian Watson. If he plays, and I I don't think, I think reports have come out since I made this that said he probably won't. Um, But if he does play, he's playing the Lions. Which one would you be flexing? It's easy. Zay Jones for me. Um, And I say that. Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. I don't know why I said Zay Jones. Okay. I just want to make sure because there's two Zays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they both excite me, right? But um, Zay Flowers, I I think, is an easy choice here. And I I don't want to bring a whole lot of stats to the table for this one just because Christian Watson, he hasn't played yet for Green Bay. We don't know what his connection looks like with Jordan Love. Jordan Love, he's getting, you know, familiar with Romeo Dubs. um, And I can't think of the the rookie. Jaden Reed. Yeah, Jaden Reed. Like he's got his guys at this point. Luke Musgrave as well is thrown in that mix. And then you add Christian Watson. I don't know how that works. You know, I'm not saying that Christian Watson can't make it work because he is he was an electric wide receiver last year, but I just have concerns about the rhythm of that offense. So Zay Flowers is a guy for me. And Christian okay. Watson might be limited, you know, if he does play. Sure. No, I agree with you completely. Uh Zay Flowers is he's he's a tremendous amount of workload and it is so fun. Um it's just kind of a it's hit and miss every single week between him and Mark Andrews, but um, it's got to be Zay over Christian. So, all right, Yeti, it's time for the Brain Busters. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail! All right. Oh, First question. Nailed it. Yeah, I, it's, it's, thank you. I appreciate that. First question <laughs> comes from R. Wilson over on Twitter. He says, is it time to hand the torch over to Tajay Spears in Tennessee, as well as Roshan Johnson? instead of Khalil Herbert over in Chicago. I'm an, I'm going to run with the Chicago part here real quick. Um, they have a lot of issues, and I don't think Roshan Johnson is the biggest issue. I think the biggest issue with that offense is Justin Fields right now. So while I understand where you're coming from, I don't think the running back, we've talked about it before, the running back situation, I'm not touching it. I'm not going to say it's time to hand the torch over. I'm just going to say this. The Bears have a lot bigger issues than just solving their run game right now. So that's my answer for Roshan Johnson. What are you thinking about the uh, the Tajay Spears versus Derrick Henry? Um, 
I don't really know because it's not I when I look at the Tennessee situation, it's not all on Derrick Henry at this point. Like that offensive line is garbage. Ryan Tannehill is garbage. And it's just a terrible situation for Derrick Henry. Through the first two games when those games were competitive, we saw Derrick Henry of old. You know, he or not of old, you know, what we what we're accustomed to seeing with Derrick Henry. Last sure. week, Tennessee got their ass whooped against a solid defense. Um, you know, the Browns defense looks like they look Good. incredible. They look they like look they could be a Super Bowl defense at this point. Miles Garrett is a monster. Yeah, exactly. So I don't want to put too much stock in last week. Um, and then you have to remember if Derrick Henry plays like his playoff schedule for the whole like for uh, week 14 through 16 is very, very nice. He gets Miami, Houston and Seattle. I think if he remains with Tennessee, you got to play him gotta play him <clears throat> and i think that's what their front office thinks as well unless they they can trade him off and get value but at this point you got to keep on writing derrick henry it's not his fault yeah uh next question i think you actually put this one in there so we didn't have anybody who did it outside of the bills dolphins game which divisional game are you most excited about so i'm taking it you are also bills dolphins is the one you're most excited about i can tell you that is the one i'm most excited about um so outside of that game, which one? Lions Packers. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to take it's got, it? No, I, the Lions Packers, I think, is the one I'm most excited about. Uh, I, I'm a Dan Campbell fan this year. I really am. And I like Dan Campbell. And I'm rooting for the Lions and their success. And this is an interdivisional game that I think is going to be pretty fun. I do expect the Lions to win this game. But you never know. Those division games get kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, I could. Uh, I think that one might uh, have some implications later on in the season. I think those two teams are going to be, uh, you know, at the top of the NFC North all season, um, and I, I think this game um, is also going to be, you know, a factor later on in the season. Is the Ravens at the Browns? Yeah, I think that is a huge yeah. game. That is a yep. huge game because we can see how the Browns look against a competent offensive line and a good offense. So I'm curious to see how that defense is going to translate when they, they go up against some real competition and how Lamar Jackson can perform against a, an elite defense so far. So I think it's, it's a fun matchup and there's going to be a lot of storylines to come out. of. No, that, that I mean that, that probably is going to be the <sighs> Bill's Dolphins is still going to be the best, but that's a close second. I, me for selfish reasons, like I said, the lions, I'm, I'm interested to see that game because I do think that there are implications that are going to be season long implications uh, after that game. So uh, but the Ravens, the Ravens Browns, uh, you didn't say the Raiders Chargers, So I'm kind of butthurt about that, but it's <sighs> Yeti, fine. I'm so sorry. I just, I, I'm going to say this. I, I think the Chargers going to win that game. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sorry. You want to bet on uh, that one too, buddy? No, 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 no. We've already done one. One the the compliment is going to come one way or the other. I don't have anything else to give. I'm I'm a a sad, depleted man. Next question comes from JT Johns forty. He said, "Did I lose this trade? He got Olave and Scary Terry, and he traded away Sanders, Garrett Wilson, and Nico Collins. Did no. he lose Yeti? No." no. No. no, I think you got a, a steal. I mean, just getting Olave for Garrett Wilson, I think straight up is a that's a easy trade. I wouldn't make that yeah. in a heartbeat at this point. Like, <clears throat> I hate to say this because of where he was drafted, but Garrett Wilson is approaching waiver wire uh, season for me. 
No, I think that's a fair. I'm, I've said this before. Zach Wilson is a fucking turd. And Zach Wilson makes that entire offense worse. And it's actually, I'm really glad this, this question came through. So thank you so much for it because it's going to now allow me to go on this rant. So buckle up. Uh-oh. I saw today, I saw some some things floating around on, on the Xverse. Twitterverse just sounds better. But I saw something floating around on there, and it was that the, the locker room was in disarray for the Chets, and the, the, the defensive unit was very upset with the organization. I think that's completely fair. If that is the truth, I think that is completely fair, because if I was the Jets defense, I'd be fucking livid. I would be so pissed off if I had to go out there and try and defend other NFL teams and my offense is being led by Zach Wilson because he's a fucking dummy. He's a joke. He is a child and he needs to be benched for anyone else. They went and picked up Trevor Simeon. I don't think that was a great pick for them. What are you going to do? There's not a lot of <laughs> a, a lot of quarterbacks floating around that are free agents so i understand that but zach wilson is not it if i was that defensive unit i'd be pissed too because if if anybody else was playing the way that zach wilson was right now he'd be benched it's not hard to figure out and i feel bad for that jets defense aaron Rodgers was supposed to be their offensive savior and unfortunately we all know the story that happened there but zach wilson ain't it he ain't it at all and i feel i I would if i was them i'd understand too because what what is this joke of an offense so yeah Garrett Wilson approaching waiver wire options for you. Don't hate it. He was supposed to be one of the best wide receivers this year because Aaron Rodgers is going to be throwing the ball. And instead you get the same joke of a dog and pony show that is Zach Wilson. So I agree with you. If you can trade a lot for Wilson one-to-one, you do in a heartbeat. Yep. So obviously they picked up seams. I was going to say Seaman. Um, Simeon? <laughs> they got Simeon today. What if they go out? I don't even know like uh, who would be good for them. Um, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, Trade a like fourth round Jacoby pick Brissett, and get Jacoby Brissett. Or even like um, fucking like Joe Flacco. Gross. Like, would, do that. <laughs> well, I, I say that. I only say that because Joe Flacco was there last year. He was. And w- we saw what that offense looked like when he was in. And I know... Joe Flacco is Joe Flacco, but at least that passing offense had legs with Joe had, Flacco. It had life. It had, that, has nothing right now. Right. Like, would that like tickle your fancy a little bit and be like, oh, Garrett Wilson is probably a flex play now or a weak or a wide receiver too? I think for fantasy, absolutely. But I think the problem is, is they're not going to do that. I think, I think the Jets have pretty much checked out for this season because Aaron Rodgers went out in the third play. Aaron Rodgers has said he's going to come back. He knows they they know that he is going to come back to them and he's going to give it another shot. So why like, you know, we talked about Kirk Cousins last week as a potential trade to them. That's not going to happen. They're not going to go and make any money moves for anything. Now, if you could trade a fifth round pick for Jacoby Brissett, I think you do that in heartbeat. Jacoby Brissett's one of the top tier backup quarterbacks that is in the league right now, aside from Gardner, Uncle Rico Minshew. Uh, like there's, there's just not a lot of options. And I get that. I think anybody is a better option than Zach Wilson. I truly do believe that. I think he is, has, he is overdue for the amount of time he has played as a starting quarterback and seen that NFL field. He needs to be benched. He is forever now a backup quarterback in the NFL. And I just, I hate to see it. And I hate it for, for, all of the people that drafted any of the Jets offense because you're you're now living the nightmare again this year. I think the highlight of Zach Wilson's career is forever going to be that he slept with his mom's friends. Oh, easily. It was the best oh, part of him. I love that storyline. I was like, that is so yeah. cool. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you won this trade, I think. I, I agree with Yeti here. Um, the only thing that kind of sucks right now is that uh, Derek Carr's out, so you're going to play with Laser Jameis, which is also fun, and I love that because I am a huge Laser Jameis fan, but it sucks for Chris Olave because um, I don't think that he's going to have the same level of production that he did with Carr, but hopefully Carr will be back before too long. So I think you won that. Next question comes from... I didn't put his name up here, and I apologize for that. I, I think I have it handy. It is the Gridiron Goalpost asks us this question. He's in a 10-team PPR league. He has to pick two to start this week. Yeti, Tank Dell, and Nico Collins. So he's got two Texans wide receivers here. Garrett Wilson, I think we, we could probably just scratch him off before we even continue. Zay Flowers and Brian Robinson. I know my two, but I am curious as to yours. I can go first or you can go first? Uh, I'll go first here. Um, I think you start Tank Dell and Zay Flowers. Those are my two. Okay. No Brian Robinson? Nope. No Brian Robinson for me. And I, uh, yeah, this is a PPR league. So I think that excites me even more. Um, I, for me, yeah, I, I talked about really. Tank Dell a little, a little earlier, if you want to rewind to when we brought him up, but Tank <laughs> Dell, um, his target share through the first three games has been pretty juicy and he gets Pittsburgh this week that, um, I don't think their secondary is that good. I mean, we just saw what the Raiders did with them. Obviously, they have Devontae Adams, but Jacoby Myers, he feasted too. And Jacoby Myers is kind of this, I don't want to say the same player as Tank Dell, but they, they're kind of similar the way that they play. Um, Tank Dell, he's very explosive, and I, he's going to get the ball quite a bit from C.J. Stroud. Zay Flowers against the Steelers. The game script is going to be in their favor. Uh, or Zay Flowers is playing the Browns. I'm sorry. I got too excited. Um, and I think the game script is going to be in, in their favor. Lamar Jackson is going to have to get the ball out quick. He's going to be looking for Zay Flowers over the middle, short, easy routes. And I think Zay Flowers is a smash play this week. Yeah, I'll also do that. I realize Brian Robinson's playing the Eagles, and I want no part of yeah. that dumpster fire that is about to ensue. So give me Zay Flowers and Tank Dell. I'm good with that as well. Thank you for the question. Next question comes from Stephen L. Not to be confused with Stephen A. This is Stephen L. He said, should I start Jerry Judy, Slant Boy, or Hollywood in a full PPR format? I don't know who Slant Boy is. Who's Slant Boy? I'm not sure. Stephen L., who is Slant Boy? I don't know who Slant Boy is. So uh, perhaps Michael, if you let us. Michael Thomas. Slant Boy? I've never heard anybody call him Slant Boy. Have you ever so, heard of that? No, I just Googled it. And the first thing to come up is from yardbarker.com. Um, I guess <laughs> Tampa Bay fans started calling Michael Thomas Slant Boy because. <laughs> He caught 149 passes in 2020, and all those receptions came on slant routes and short passes. Interesting. So Bucks cornerback we'll Carlton it. Davis, oh, <laughs> who yeah, covered Thomas <laughs> for much of that game, <laughs> he called him "Oh Slant Boy." Interesting. Huh. Um, That's it. Very. <laughs> that is interesting. I had not heard of that. But, is that uh, what is that supposed to be an insult? Like. I don't know. I mean, he's just running slants and he's doing it pretty damn well. I'd like, say. Are we so... just going to call Tyree Kill vertical boy? Like, it's <laughs> uh, fucking stupid. Who, I think. I think for me, if I was to start any of them, it, I want to say Jerry Judy, which sounds really insane. But they're playing the Bears this week, and the Bears are terrible across the board. So, um, Michael Thomas definitely is really fun. Uh, it's just he's going to be playing with Laser Jameis. I think he's certainly still usable, but I think Jerry Judy 
I think Michael Thomas probably has the safest floor here, and Jerry Judy has a highest ceiling. Maybe that's. I don't know how you feel about that, but this one's kind of tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna back your first stance and say Jerry Judy here. Okay. Um, the okay. matchup favors Jerry Judy here. Um, the targets are falling his way at this point. Slant boy, uh, I don't really know. <laughs> the name doesn't do it for me, and so like his usage with Jameis, I don't know what that's gonna look like. Plus, we have to factor Kamara's back. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know how involved he's gonna be. I just have a lot of question marks there, so I'm gonna fade that. Okay. Sit, slant boy, slit, Hollywood, slit, sit, Hollywood. Um, yeah, play Jerry Judy. Uh, I'm just reading through these comments here. My grandma has a more diverse route tree than Michael Thomas. Um, <laughs> Doctor. Iridosilitis says, should I trade DeAndre Swift for Jalen Waddle? What would you do, Yeti? I'm curious what that what that word is actually. Iridosilitis. It's an eye condition caused by inflammation of the iris. Oh my god, I hope you're okay. Yeah. (laughs) I hope you can see. Yeah, I hope you can see this. Um, Uh, yes, I I would. Honestly, if you have the running back depth to trade uh deandre swift hell yeah i think you're getting an explosive player in uh jalen waddle and i think his value is probably the lowest that it'll be all season yeah i agree with that i I think i probably would as well i think is you know the the issue with the eagles is not necessarily deandre swift i think he is the running back one but i think that there's just a lot of other competition in that offense because there's so much talent so i don't think you can count on like a touchdown on a week-to-week basis out of them and and as the season progresses perhaps we see a little bit more throwing out of jalen hurts and that gets a little bit improved as well so yeah i would i would do that if you can afford to lose running backs Next question comes from Connor Farley. He got offered Ramondre and Elijah Moore for Jordan Addison and Pierce. Does he take it? I'm kind of leaning towards yes, Yeti. Mm, yeah. Kind of leaning towards yes. I wish I knew if this was PPR or not. If it's PPR, I say yes, because Elijah Moore is demanding a lot of targets in that offense. Ramondre is catching a lot of targets out of the backfield, so that's obviously ideal for PPR. Mm-hmm. If it's standard, I'd probably keep Nobody Madison and Pierce Nobody if it's standard. standard. If it's PPR, I'm taking Ramondre and Moore. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing that as well. Yeah, real men uh, and next- women play PPR. Play PPR for sure. Next question comes from Rod Tips Down. Dang straight, baby. He says, or she says, do I trade Hopkins for Aljair? Hopkins and Aljair for Zay Flowers. Yes. Yes. I would. Yeah. Easy. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yep. Um, Fear Chris. I am a little afraid, Chris. So thank you for the question. Would you rather have Zay Flowers or Devon A. Chain? Give me Zay Flowers. Really? I think so. You think so? How sure are you? I'm going to say 60-40 sure. (laughs) I'll say 70-30. Devon A-Chain is slated to be more involved in that offense, I believe. Raheem Mostert is still the running back one as of this moment, but I do see A-Chain continuing to be more involved. The issue for me is, much like the Eagles, there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. And and that's that I, I do think they have a really good run game. I think that they've been utilizing that a lot, and I do think he has a lot of value. But Zay Flowers, I really do believe, is the wide receiver one for this Ravens team, aside from maybe Mark Andrews, who you could make the argument on a week-to-week basis because they keep swapping for target share, and it's pissing me the hell off. But 
Um, I think Zay Flowers for me is probably where I would lean on this one. I'm feeling a little risky on this one. I'm going to say a Chan on on this one, man. I I think the upside is there for him to smash. Whereas Zay Flowers, he's seeing the target share like you had mentioned. But I'm feeling a little risky. I think as the season goes on, a Chan is going to draw out more of a role in this offense. And Mostert, he has injury concerns as well. Can he last a full 17? I agree. No, I I agree. I I do think think a Chan... um, I know it's Chan, but I think uh, Say Flowers just looks so good, man. I'm I so know. proud that of That is a hard there. question. I, I I think if you want safety, Zay Flowers. If you want some some risk, you if want you're to trying to get dice, real D-Gen, like yeah. Yeti is, the, yeah. the true D-Gen, uh-huh. then maybe uh, maybe maybe A-Chain. Uh, next question comes from William Harwood. I almost read Hardwood, and that would also have been pretty cool because he could have been Billy Wood. Uh, just made a trade Billy in Billy Lowe, Robert Woods himself. Just made a trade in my league. I traded Alexander Madison, Puka, Nuka, Stevenson, and Olave. Reminder, Stevenson and Olave. And he got Waddle, Zach Moss, George Pickens, and Williams, Javante Williams. What do we think of this trade? a lot to process there's a lot going on i probably lean towards the madison side i don't think george pickens is good because i don't think kenny pickett is good zach moss is going to dwindle if slash when jt comes back i love having waddle and javon well you get javante too shit it's almost like you just bought really high on two guys and I I don't know what to think. I think it's you can make the case that it's even, but my concern with what you got is Zach Moss. We Zach don't Moss know is not going to. We don't know he's going to be a long term. We value, don't know right? if he's going to be around for for much longer. If he is, then yeah, I think that's a great yeah. trade. I think there's question marks there. George Pickens, you bought high on him after playing the Raiders. His role really, I mean, <laughs> Deontay Johnson is going to come back in a few weeks as well off of his injury, which is going to dwindle Pickens' role in this offense. And then Javante really hasn't exploded yet, so you bought low on him. I get that. But you also traded away a potential top 10, two top 10 wide receivers, a potential RB1 and in Madison, Madison and Stevenson. Yeah, I would take Madison and Stevenson. I, I yeah. think this is somewhat of a blunder on my part, to be honest with you. And I don't say that to be mean. I just I think I like the other side. I think I like the players that you traded away more. I don't think you needed to make this trade. Yeah, I I wouldn't. Uh, will you mean it? Yeah, Stephen L says not Stephen A. Stephen L. He says that Mister Billy Lumber here got fleeced. So I, I think I tend to agree with that. Unfortunately, um, next question comes from Ryan Carmella says, would you accept this trade? I would be getting Trevor Lawrence, Williams, and I'm assuming Javante, I think, uh, and Brandon Ayuk, and I'd be giving away Tony Pollard and Addison. My starting quarterback is Daniel Jones. Oh, Kyron Williams, I'm sorry. Uh, I would be getting Trevor Lawrence, Kyron Williams, and Brandon Ayuk, and I no. would be trading away Pollard and Addison. No, 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 you no. Do Please that? don't. I, I get Daniel Jones sucked last week. But look at who he played. I mean, he played the 49ers. I, I think that rushing upside is still there, and they get a better matchup this week. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I know it was a fun one, though. Um, no, he'd be getting 
T Law, Williams, and Ayuk, he would be trading away Pollard and Addison. So he would still have yeah. Daniel Jones. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he needs to make that trade. I think Daniel Jones is, even though he had a shitty week last week, he's been very up and down. I get it. But I, I would still roll with Daniel Jones at this point. And you're giving away a top five running back. You're giving away a wide receiver two and getting another wide receiver two. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm sticking with Pollard and Addison here. Yeah, I think Pollard has great value. I think Pollard is one of, like, I, I'm very high on Kyron Williams, like probably disgustingly so. But I think I'd still rather have Pollard than Williams. But that one is close for me. So, um Okay, we'll defer to Yeti on that one. Uh, let's see here. We're almost done. I'm so sorry. Um, MGJMHK. We got to work on your name, brother, because this just ain't it. <laughs> says, who's a running back I could target? These are the running backs I can package for an upgrade. I have Jerome Ford, Al Jair, Joshua Kelly, Elijah Mitchell, Jamal Williams, and JWJ, who I don't know those initials for some reason. Jawan Johnson? Um, Jamal Williams. That's not a running back. Is that Jamal Williams Jr.? Is he a junior? I didn't. I didn't think so. Who's JWJ? This is a dumpster fire. I don't know who JWJ um, is. I'm looking it up. Jeff Wilson Jr. Oh, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, he's the running back. Thing. Who's a running back I could target? Go get uh, go get James Cook. Trade Ford and Al Jair and see if you can get James Cook. That might even be a little high for him. Do you, if you had Cook, would you accept that though? I'm like trying to think of an ideal package for with all these running backs, and I you just I'm have like, a bunch of backups and like kind of maybe Ford is probably maybe the starting guy. Uh, Al Jair is still usable, but it's obviously Bajan's thing. And then Kelly has not looked good without God. You'd have to sell like all a couple of those guys. I probably and wouldn't take that for even Cook. then. Like, I don't know like what your best option would be. Like, I think Ford is the best Ford and Al Jair are the two best running backs are the ones you have right now. But mm-hmm. if I, I don't even like, maybe you can get like Javante Williams if you package those two. But even that would then, be probably a realm of possibility. Maybe throw it to the Javante Williams owner and see, because at this point, or a Miles Sanders. I don't know because if I'm a Miles Sanders owner, like he's a he's bell cow start, essentially yeah. for, for Rashad Carolina. White. Maybe, but even then, even then, Rashad White could start losing touches. There's just, I, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of spitting guys like. I don't, I don't know. know. I think I think if you were to do any of the packages, you'd have to kind of look at the owners and see what they need. Um, but I I would probably, um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be looking to sell uh, Al Jair and Ford in a package because yeah. those are your two most valuable guys. So I hope that helps you. But um, it's just it's not a good look for you, brother. Not a good look for you as far as the running back. We got to work. I get it. I'm too. Yeah. What was it? Oh yeah, M J G J G Joe G Dive Job. Let's work on just like smash your keyboard. I can do that for sure, and it it looked very similar to that. All right, yeah, we got to get the hell out of here. This has been going on for a while. Everybody, hey, appreciate the questions. If you guys want to hit subscribe on that YouTube channel, it it means the world. We do this every Monday and Wednesday live, so we are here to answer your questions. We are here for you. Welcome to the Leather Brains community, baby. 
And uh, that's it. That's all the time that we have today. So we do appreciate it. And we will be back on Monday talking more football. Have a good weekend. Amen, brother. We are out. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you tune into our new releases every week on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and check out leatherbrains.com for all of your fantasy football needs. And remember, Brainiacs, a championship should be more than a fantasy.